the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today. 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show. We take the issues of the day and look at them from a Christian perspective. Big story of today is, of course, the IRS whistleblowers in Washington, D.C. testifying. And uh, that's still going on, I think, actually. And, uh, you know, we'll get to more of that as that story develops. But one of the stories out of the whistleblower uh, matter is that the whistleblower who came out today, who was named, and there's always been kind of this whistleblower X and these other whistleblowers. We keep hearing whistleblowers, but until you really see them, until you really have their testimony— You know, I've cautioned us always on this to wait, make sure that these people actually exist or that they're going to say the things that people say they're going to say, because often something gets put out there. For example, uh, you heard something recently about tapes that somebody in Ukraine has that he recorded explaining that President Biden is uh, guilty of bribery and this and that. And we hear about the tapes, but uh, nobody's heard the tapes, it turns out. Apparently, there are 17 tapes, but nobody's really sure if they exist. And let me tell you something. If if it's not there, then it it's doesn't matter. It, whether they exist or not, if it can't be played, if they can't be played at a committee or in court or on this show, if you can't hear them, then, then you don't know. And politics is politics. Sometimes things are rumors. Sometimes things are, you know, Adam Schiff claiming that he's got all this Russia, Russia, Russia evidence that never, never came forward, right? Never out there. So we always have to be careful. So whistleblowers coming out and actually showing their face, saying their name, who they are, uh, it matters. It matters a lot more. Now, one of the stories that I think is interesting and for us to talk about is that one of today's whistleblowers, Joe Ziegler is his name. He's concerned about being attacked for what he's saying, not as a Republican, but because he's a Democrat, he's gay, he's married to a man, and he is being told by many that he is a traitor to his party. Here's some clips of his opening statement. Smith, Chairman Smith, Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Raskin, and members of the committee, today I, I, I sit here before you not as a hero or or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. 
Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. Now, a lot of what he's talking about is he works for the IRS and he was part of the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes. And what the whistleblowers are claiming is that his taxes showed an awful lot of money coming to him and coming to other members of the Biden family and getting and that they have tracked this money that he didn't pay taxes on that has flowed through some supposedly, allegedly, uh, shill organizations and a lot of effort to hide money that ultimately got deposited in Biden family accounts, including about nine people, I think, including grandkids. And so it's a story, right? It's a it's a big story. Now, you know, at the end of the day, unless they prove that Joe Biden was specifically involved in a money scheme that was illegal or influential on policies, unless there is proof, you know, of special treatment of the president's son um, that is more than just because he's the president's son, but that is evidence of corruption in uh, the Biden White House, you know, then it's probably not going to lead to any real trouble for Joe Biden and it'll go away whenever his administration ends. However, if they prove that, you know, you hear a lot of comment about whether he's the big guy because there's evidence text messages and other stuff where one where it says hunter says i'm sitting next to my dad now that you know he might be lying saying he's sitting next to his dad president biden on the campaign trail in 2020 said that he has no involvement in his son's business dealings that is something that everybody knows i think now is not true but at the end of the day it has to be illegal or you have to be able to show that somehow this is influencing his policies. Now, it's huge because the companies that the Biden family is involved with are China and uh, Ukraine and Russia. So obviously those are those are story. Those are countries that are defining for global reasons what's happening in the Biden administration. All right. So big deal there. But really what I want to talk about because those things will play themselves out in this investigation. These things take a long time. And, you know, if you're not a fan of Joe Biden, you're going to believe probably most of it. If you are a fan of Joe Biden, you're going to dismiss a lot of it. That's why it's important that whistleblowers show up. They are bringing receipts. These are the IRS tax guys, and these are guys who are saying, hey, you know, he took a uh, um, plea bargain on these things that hasn't been approved yet, but most people would be convicted of a felony, and he's not being required to uh, resubmit his taxes there's a whole lot of things that are odd about all of this. So they're they're sharing a lot of that. Now, the interesting thing here, and I think something that matters here, and I want to just focus on this and ask this question of you, how far should party or issue loyalty go? Is there a time to not say something because you think it's going to hurt your candidate? Are you afraid to share something if the truth of it or if bringing that out or even if just sharing your opinion might hurt an issue that you are passionate about, meaning it might hurt the the politics of it or maybe it hurts a candidate or maybe you just feel like you should be quiet if it's bad news about your side? How far should that go? What should the Christian do? If you are working in politics or you're working for your company or just somewhere, When do you stay silent? When do you keep it internal? And when do you come forward as a believer? What do you think about this? And then publicly on these issues that we're so divided over, where do you draw the line? 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to join the conversation here on the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to pastorscott at kkla.com. Okay, so... 
these this whistleblower Joe Ziegler is his name. He went on in his statement to begin, really, I think, a process of defending himself. Because if you're if you're a whistleblower for anything, you may very well get attacked, right? the The idea of being a whistleblower is you're calling a penalty, right, on your own team on something that's happening. You are exposing other people or an organization or in this case politics you know political your political side to something they're doing that's wrong or something you think is wrong sometimes whistleblowers are wrong sometimes whistleblowers believe that what they're saying is true and it turns out later they just didn't have all the information or it turns out that what they're complaining about isn't actually wrong um Sometimes whistleblowers are people who just have a grievance or something to to gain. So these whistleblowers are still employed by the IRS. They are making sure that people understand because they've been attacked for their views for speaking out. They're making sure that people understand that they believe they're doing the right thing, that they're not getting paid by anybody. They have received money to help pay for attorneys. Because on the other side, there's all kinds of money for attorneys. They don't have anything. I don't know what an IRS agent makes. Uh, it's probably okay, but it's not great. Not great enough to go hire yourself high-powered attorneys or PR people or things like that. So he also is putting himself out there as somebody who says, I'm not you know, a Trump supporter. I'm not part of some kind of organization that wants to hurt President Biden. I just think I should be doing the right thing. And here's some things that he has to say. I was the lead IRS case agent on the Hunter Biden investigation. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my, actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. It is kind of a funny thing, right? So some people have been saying, oh, he's more credible. And I get it because there's, you know, he's more credible. Let's say he is a you know, a straight, married, Christian, Trump supporter, then people are going to attack him for that. And that also has nothing to do with whether or not what he's saying is true, right? But it's harder to impeach him based on character or based on some political agenda if it appears that he doesn't have the political agenda that would go that way. If it appears that what he's saying would go against his own political views or the direction that he thinks things ought to go in. He continued. The truth is, my credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. That's one of the things, and both sides say this often, of people who Maybe they don't vote the way you think they ought to vote, or maybe they go against the candidate that they think uh, that your party thinks you should be, that you're some kind of traitor. And he is getting that comp that he's supposed to, I guess, because he's a Democrat and because he's gay, uh, that he shouldn't speak the truth. And you know what? I think that it's something to to praise this guy for, to have the character to come out and say, what I'm saying I think is true. I think this needs to be said. And, you know, we're living in a time where, you know, this year we have some odd issues that, you know, people are being challenged, say, uh, there's third party talk from a group called No Labels who says that if the presidential election comes down to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, that we're going to run somebody else. And both sides have some fears about whether or not that's going to hurt their own candidate. Most people think if that candidate is 
uh, Democratic Senator uh, Joe Manchin that he would draw votes away from Biden and Trump would be assured the White House. Some people think it might go the other way, that Trump doesn't have full support from Republicans or independents, so they might go with them and it could cost Trump the White House. And there's a whole conversation about don't throw your vote away on a third party. You've heard that before many times. And, you know, did Jill Stein cost Al, uh, cost Hillary Clinton the election in 2016? Uh, you know, maybe hard to say where those voters would have gone. They were certainly liberal. She was Green Party. Did Ross Perot cost the election in 1992 for George H.W. Bush? Probably. He got 19 percent of the vote. Most of that was coming from the George Bush side. Probably. He probably did. But here's the thing. Your vote as a voter belongs to you. That's something else I think that we have to get back. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It's your vote. You. You alone as the voter is yours. You don't owe it to your party. You do not owe it to any particular candidate. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump saying that, hey, if you voted for me before, but you're not voting for me now, or you're not on my team this time, that you're somehow disloyal. It's no, you don't have to be loyal. You can change your vote. You can change your vote to vote for Donald Trump if you didn't before. Or you can change it to not vote for him if you did before. You're, it's yours. And if a third party candidate happens on either side, you know, you have to deal with it, I think, strategically as a voter. Do I vote for the third party candidate knowing it could hurt my side? You got to think about that strategically. But whatever you decide, it's still your vote. It used to be that candidates would come out and ask you for your vote. Go back in time. Watch some old debates, some old things. You would hear the closing statement would always end with the candidates asking you for your vote and putting themselves out there and saying, I'm worthy of your vote. I ask for your vote. I don't think we do that anymore. At least I don't hear that too much. It seems to me that we have become a place where your vote is owed your side or particular issue or particular candidate for one reason or another. It's not. It's yours. And somebody might get mad at you for how you voted. I know many of you are in that situation the last few years because we're divided about that. But it's still your vote. That's why you go in and Technically, you have privacy in the voting booth. You're not supposed to show your votes to other people. They don't want you to take pictures of it. Actually, somewhere there's some rule about that. And you're supposed to privately cast your vote and you're supposed to, you know, you turn it in if it's written ballot where most places we have that. It's in that folder, right? And you cover it over and you you turn it in. One time I was voting not too long ago and the lady took my, uh, the person who was working at the polling place, she took my ballot out of that folder and she's supposed to just slide it into a box. There's a way that you you slide it into that cardboard box without even opening the folder. Well, she took my ballot out of the folder and she looked at it. She actually looked it up and down both sides. And I said, did I vote right? And she said, oh, I was just making sure you filled it out okay. No, you were looking at my ballot. What in the world are you doing? That's private. That's between me and Jesus. That's it. You know, we're, you put that in the box. Uh, that doesn't normally happen, but that, that did happen to me. I kind of laughed at it, laughed it off. And I think she just wasn't thinking. Like, I don't think anything nefarious was happening. I think it was just hot day. She's in a garage. It was in a garage in a house down the street. But I was like, hey, you can't look at that. Your vote is yours. That's why in some places, I never see this in California. I've never seen this, but I see it on TV and other places where you actually go behind a curtain. You go behind a curtain and you vote and you have this little booth and it's completely private. There's a reason for that. Your vote is your vote. And we as people regardless of what your positions are on things in society, but especially for those of us that I'm talking to who are believers today, we have to have integrity with why we do what we're doing. And I think that this whistleblower today 
is an example of that because he's putting himself in a place where he's going to be attacked by his own side, apparently, that he is feeling the pressure from people on his own side, calling him a traitor because he's doing what he thinks is right as an IRS agent, as somebody who to get that job. And when you have that job, you take some kind of oath to the Constitution and a whole bunch of stuff. He's upholding that. That's what he says. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm wondering how you respond to this. Do you feel like, like if you were working in the IRS or a government agency and you had information that brought criticism or showed your candidate, a candidate you like or a, a side that you like, or might hurt somebody who is on the same side as you on a particular important issue. And you felt like if I put that out there and if I put myself out there, I'm jeopardizing this candidate that I like, or I'm jeopardizing this position or my party. Is there a time to stay quiet or is there a time, you know, is it more important to stay quiet so that your, your side wins or is it more important to come out with it? 888-528-2557. The whistleblower whose name was revealed today, Joe Ziegler is his name, and he is setting up his testimony to say, hey, I'm, I'm not here as a tool of the right. I'm here as a IRS agent who has been frustrated because I'm, the, I'm doing Hunter Biden's taxes, and he says that there is clear, um, uh, clearly his investigation is being hindered, and he thinks it's for political purposes. And he uh, continues to talk about this. Thus, as I read the public documents as the Department of Justice action against Hunter Biden, there is nothing that indicates Hunter Biden will be required to amend his false tax return for 2018. A false tax return that includes proper deductions, improper deductions for prostitutes, sex clubs, and his his adult children's tuition. So he goes on to talk about how many things were completely wrong in his tax returns how illegal they were, and how they went back and tracked it. They tracked it through all these different accounts, and they found out there's all these businesses set up, and the money's going all over the place within the family. And in the settlement or in the the plea bargain that Hunter Biden got, uh, he is not even required to refile his taxes. He is not required to do things that this whistleblower and the other one who also testified today that they believe anyone else should do. And, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, this is a Hunter Biden issue until they attach that to to President Biden in the context of actions in his presidency. So that could be coming. But uh, I don't think it's there yet. But there's, you know, some legitimate testimony. Now, it matters. It, it like I said before, it bothered me when we're hearing about whistleblowers, but we're not seeing them uh, when we're hearing about evidence and things, but it's not being revealed. And if it's there, great. And I understand if you need to sit on it for a while, you need to compile it. But eventually it has to come out. Eventually, we're talking about the president of the United States. We're talking about how we deal with future presidents. Uh, The same is true, by the way, in all of the different things that President Trump is being accused of. He'll be accused of something related to January 6th, apparently. We don't know for sure what that is. There's some leaks, but we don't know for sure. Uh, We'll find out, I'm assuming, tomorrow or next week at some point. On that, but we still need to see the evidence. You know, it's one thing to charge somebody; it's another thing to get both sides. It's another thing to allow that other side to say, "No, this is misinterpreted," or "No, here you missed this." Those kinds of things happen. But in in the meantime, we need to be a people who wants to do the right thing for the betterment of our country, and as Christians, for the betterment of our faith and our testimony. Would you 
testify in a way that might go against your own party out there. Um, these whistleblowers are doing that, and I think that's good. This is the other whistleblower, Gary Shep, uh, Shapley, today. It seems to me this October 7, 2022 meeting, which you've described as a red line, is just a misunderstanding that after the U.S. attorney in D.C. declined to partner on the 14 and 15 charges, Mr. Weiss took a good hard look at those charges himself and ultimately decided not to charge them and therefore not to seek the special attorney status. He may have been right about that. He may have been wrong, as you guys make your case for, but it was his decision. Isn't that right, Mr. Shapley? No, that, that's not supported by the facts. Really? Well, which facts is it not supported by? Uh, his own admissions in the October 7th, 2022 meeting that I documented contemporaneously. And if the only piece of But he contradicts what you're saying. Do you agree that? He doesn't agree with what you're saying about that not, meeting. Not. Now, I wasn't at that October 7th, 2022 meeting. So what's happening here is as the, the second speaker you heard there was Gary Shapley. He, he is being pushed back by people on the Democrat side saying uh, this is just a misunderstanding. He had the right to do that. And there's some there's some point to be made that there is prosecutorial discretion, right? That happens. That's a thing. And there are reasons for that. But the whistleblower anyway says that this is being mischaracterized here, that this was not justice that was being done, that this is interference that is coming from um, the argument is going to be from the Republicans that this is coming from the uh, the Department of Justice from Biden's Department of Justice. It's very odd also that there's not a special prosecutor for this. Seems like we always have a special prosecutor, but this is one of the reasons you need one. The Department of Justice should not be involved in this at all. And uh, maybe that's going to be what happens here. And that just kind of delays the the truth of all of it for a while. But at the end of the day, I am glad that these whistleblowers are are coming out. It doesn't appear that they have anything to gain. I mean, they're going to get some notoriety and stuff like that, but they're also going to get a lot of hate. I don't know if they're going to, if there's any real benefit. And Joe Ziegler, the other one who came out today, he also said this in a written statement. He said, I hope that I am able, I'm an example to other LGBTQ people. If you just turned in, one of the things is, is that he's a Democrat. He's a gay man who's married to a man. And uh, he is getting attacked for being against his own party, for coming out and sharing what he believes to be right. He says, I hope that I'm an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at a potential cost to themselves and others. We should always do the right thing, he says, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to coming out, which honestly was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. He said, I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what was right, and I'm sitting in front of you here today. I agree with him. I think he did what is right, and I think it's a good example to everybody, not just uh, people of a particular group. I think it's an example to all of us who there are times when we have to step forward and do what we believe to be right. And we go through a process in our head of, you know, weighing the pros and cons, should I do it or not? And I can tell you that it's always better to do it. Have you ever been through something like that? Have you ever wrestled with whether or not something was the right thing to do and you wrestled for it and and you came out and you did it and you're glad or you came out and did it or you decided not to do it and then later you regret it? You have a story, something that you want to share as an example? Give me a call. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. 
Now, back to the show. I couldn't figure out the uh, the Andy Griffith song. I thought, what's that? How does that mean? Wilbert does such a great job, if you ever notice with our, our bumper music. And if you're on the podcast, you don't get the you don't get the brilliance of that because there's different rules for podcasts. But he just played the uh the Andy Griffith song. You know, can I whistle it? Is it okay if I whistle it, or does that violate some rule out there? Well, now he's playing it. Maybe you can keep this. Anyway, I'm thinking, what does that mean? But we're talking about whistleblowers. See, sometimes Wilbert's genius even uh, goes beyond me a little bit. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We're talking about the, the whistleblowers, but it also the whistleblowers testifying in Washington uh, today. And it also raises the issue of integrity with all of us. You know, part of having integrity when it comes to our business or our politics is you're really tested not when you speak the truth when it supports your side or when it makes you money or when it just makes everything better for you who doesn't do that but when you speak the truth knowing that maybe it harms your candidate or you speak the truth thinking that maybe uh, this will set back a political agenda that you have because something uh, bad has happened uh, you know i'm thinking of you know, when we in Los Angeles last year, they tried to recall the district attorney and the signatures were turned in and turns out that the signatures weren't right, that many of the signatures were people who don't even live in the county. And 375, I was reading an article about that today, uh, District Attorney Gascon, 375 were dead people people who had died before the petitions even came out. And what that means is, is that somebody sat down with a list of registered voters, and you can go get that, and just started filling out names and signing signatures. And they must have done a lot, right? They don't know who's dead and who's alive. So they probably did thousands or hundreds anyway. And 375 of those people were dead, uh, who are still on the rolls, who probably are still voting, but that's another thing. Uh, But see, there's some integrity there. Somebody needs to come out and say, hey, I did that. And because I did that, I screwed this up or that should be admitted at some point. I think that organization who was hired to get those signatures is being sued and uh, they ought to be. But somebody out there has done something that is completely wrong. That actually hurts everybody because it hurts the system. It hurts people's trust in the system. It you know, in my opinion, that was a worthy recall effort, and it hurt that effort. The real signatures that would have just taken a little bit of hard work to go out and get, they didn't get, and now that's not happening. And as crime goes up and as other decisions are made, it, it's a painful thing. When we do not share what is true, what happens is that other people, even yourself, you live in a world that's not reality. We live in a time when people say, I have my own truth and you have your own truth, but that's nuts. That doesn't work, right? You can't say, my dad used to teach an ethics course, and he would say, you know, along this issue, um, in your truth, if you are a deer, you can say that you're a deer, and you can go prance about the forest if you want to, and you can you can act like a deer if you want to. Is that okay? And usually kids, you know, the students would say, well, that's weird, but if that's what you want to do, that's your truth. And then my dad would say, in my truth, in my reality, I'm a deer hunter. Can I shoot you now? And everyone, of course, would say, no. That's because they're, you're not a deer, and uh, it would not be legal to shoot you just because you think you're a deer and it's deer hunting season. It's just not – that doesn't that's, – that's the way this works. 
And the thing that happens with lies or when we do not come forward with truths that are there is that people act in ways that are opposed to reality. You know, when you're lied to, when somebody lies to you, whether it's your kids or it's something that happens at work or wherever, you make decisions based upon that lie. You make decisions based upon the information that you receive that isn't true. Um, When you want, you know, financial information, you want the truth. I often tell people, you know, if you want better news reporting, skip all of the news stations. Go to the go to the uh, financial stations, CNBC, Fox News, not Fox News, Fox Business. You know, you get a little different spin on things and the financial programs. And part of it is because the guests that they have on those shows are there ultimately to promote their companies, right? They will prognosticate about the stock market or the economy or something, and they want to be right so that you will trust them and ultimately invest with their firm. That's that's why those guests are on there, okay? It's advertising. They are experts and they're giving advice, but they're not up there, you know, in the in the business side of things, they need to be right. It benefits them to be right. And if they were up there just making things up, I suppose you might invest in them for a while, but eventually you'd realize, well, this guy's an idiot. Everything he says is wrong, and you won't invest in that person. So sometimes you get a little bit better you know, perspective on the news because the goal of those people is to be correct. The goal of those people is to be correct because it's money and it's math, and you can't change the math. I know there's there's a push out there that says 2 plus 2 is 5, but that's politics. That's not math. If you do 2 plus 2 is 5 in your bank account, you're going to lose money. If you do 2 plus 2 is 5 and you're building a bridge, the bridge is going to collapse. There is truth out there. And the same is true spiritually. I don't know if you think of it this way, but the realities that we have in this world that say, if I jump off my roof because I've got a Superman outfit on and I think I'm going to fly, it's not going to work. I'm going to hit the ground. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I had these pajamas when I was a kid, Superman pajamas. They were awesome, and they had a cape. And inside the box, there was a notice to parents, and it said, Dear parents, please remind your children that people cannot fly. I think I kept that somewhere. It's got to be, you know, very old now, uh, at least 10 years since I've worn the Superman pajamas. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um and I always thought that's funny, but you know, if you think as a kid I can put on the Superman outfit and get up on my garage and jump off and fly, you're going to be mistaken. That's a physical reality of the world we live in. There are spiritual realities that are just as true, that lots of people have different opinions about spiritual reality, but I believe that the actual reality of things that are spiritual is ultimately just as true as the fact that gravity is going to pull you down and that human beings can't fly. That's what we believe as Christians, that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, that that actually happened, that it wasn't symbolic. It wasn't that his ideas rose again from the grave, right? It wasn't that, oh, we worship Jesus because, you know, he taught good things. He taught us to love our enemies, and he taught us good things about turning the other cheek and how to love one another and that kind of thing, and so we want to follow Jesus. No, those are good things that he taught, but we follow Jesus because he rose from the dead, and other than than when he's involved, that doesn't happen right? That he rose from the dead, and it says that he defeated sin. We take those things by faith, but we take them as real events that happen that have an actual spiritual implication that's just as true as anything else, meaning that when the Scriptures tell us that Jesus became our sin on the cross, that if you have faith in him, if you believe in him, that you will have eternal life, 
the belief that we have is that that is a spiritual reality that is the same as the reality that when you jump off your garage, you will not fly. That is what we're talking about spiritually. The reason for integrity, a big part of it is that, is your testimony matters. Your character matters. Your your ability to be trusted in the big issues. If you're somebody who makes stuff up all the time and then you share Jesus died on the cross. It's only the grace of God that anyone would listen to you. Why would they listen to you when you lie about everything else in reality? Why would they trust you about spiritual realities? Well, they don't. I think that uh, the whistleblower, particularly the guy today who is risking a lot because he is Democrat and gay, his name is Joe Ziegler, I think that his statement about integrity is one that we should think about, that we should do the right thing because it's better than us. In these scandals that involve President Biden and uh, former President Trump and uh, whoever else might be going through stuff right now. There are people who know what's true and what's right. All of those people need to stand up and they need to bring receipts. If they got them, they got to bring evidence and say, no, this is a legitimate prosecution because or this is an illegitimate prosecution because of this. Or I was in a meeting and this was said and, and you come forward with what you've got and you just be truthful about it regardless of what side you're on. That's integrity. You know, the Bible doesn't support you know, any system of government completely. At the end of the day, all government collapses. Only the kingdom of God will survive. Jesus will be a king, and he'll be the only king that is benevolent and righteous and that will work. Every other form of government, the good ones, the bad ones, they'll all fail scripturally. Our allegiance needs to be to Christ. Our allegiance needs to be to who Jesus is, who we are in him, and what we are called to be as followers of Jesus in this world today, because there are spiritual realities that matter most. At the end of the day, the spiritual reality of, of politics uh, isn't who wins elections. The spiritual reality of politics is how it fits into the kingdom of God and the ultimate coming of the real King Jesus Christ. And God has a plan for that, and it's going to work out according to God's plan, regardless of what it is that we say. We need to be concerned about people's souls. We need to be concerned about people getting a right view of who Christ is, a right view of what the Bible is, a right view of what it means to be a Christian, a Christ follower, a right view of the humility we should have in the fact that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God, but there is salvation in Christ for all who believe. There is so much good news that we have that needs to be what we're about, and our, our integrity matters in all of that. All right, I've got to take a break. 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, the economy when we get back. How are you feeling about it? Are you uh, feeling good or are you you're not feeling so so good about it? 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Americans want us to continue to work and build on the historic actions that we have taken. They want to see uh, lowering uh, us continue to work, the president continue to work on lowering costs. That is what matters to them, focusing on the economy. That's Queen Jean-Pierre talking about the economy and making the claim that the president has brought down prices. That's not true, but inflation has come down. It was, if you remember last summer, inflation was 9%, I think, last July. 9 
And if that had continued at that rate, we'd be really hurting today, like serious major depression. Like you can't withstand that over a very long period of time. Today, it's 3% as of last month, which is good news. 3% is still higher than what economists would like it to be. They want it to be between one and two, somewhere around there. But it's good news that inflation is down, but costs are still going up. Uh, earnings are up according to most statistics. It kind of depends on how you how you you know break it down. Um, but probably you're not really making much more than you were before. Uh, maybe you're making a little bit less when you adjust your your prices. And and lots of things have changed. So I go to coffee shops regularly because coffee is the brew of the believer. It is the juice of the justified. It is the uh, uh, the cup of the confessing. I can go on and on with that. I need to get a whole alphabet going with that. Um, and uh, so I like coffee, and I like coffee shops, and I go to all kinds of different ones, just wherever they are. And the place that I normally go to made a change this week. And the change was, suddenly they tell me that we only have, I, I get a medium coffee. That's what I ordered there. So this isn't the place where they have uh, tall, grande, and venti. And uh, there's a Trenta is what they have there if you're really, uh, you know, into it. Uh, this place just has, and this is another thing places do. This place has small and medium, but no large, which I think is, if there's no, if there's no large, if there's only two, you can't have a medium, right? And if if you go to, Fast food places today, they don't have like a small soda. You've got medium and large. What If there's no small, then there's no medium. Medium's in the middle. Anyway, so they, they tell me this, and then they tell me that it's, and they show me the cup, and it's this tiny cup. And I'm looking at it going, well, that looks like the what used to be the small coffee. And they said that's the large coffee. All right, so then I buy it, and then I notice that it's more expensive than the old medium coffee was, and it's less. In fact, it's 25% more expensive, and it's 25% less. And that's the coffee shop. I don't know if I'm going to go there anymore. I used to like it there. It was a little bit cheaper, save some money. I had a discount card, you know, and uh, they know me by name. And it's like, well, if I'm, if I'm paying the same as other coffee shops and I'm getting 25% less, if my discount doesn't save me any money and I'm actually getting less. And by the way, I don't really like the coffee that much. I just like the ambiance of that particular coffee shop. Well, I ain't going. But that's a sign of the economy today. The, have you seen a box of cereal? You can measure the the width. Is it the width or the depth? The depth maybe of a box of cereal. It's about the, the some of them like a box of Raisin Bran or something, about the size of a quarter. It's And it costs $5. If you're lucky, that's amazing. That's what the economy has done. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Are you, are you feeling it or is it, uh, is it better? Uh, last year, you know, we were asking the question with inflation the way it is, is it affecting your job? Are you not allowed to, are you not able to buy gas? Are you not able to take the bus? Are you not able to get to work? You know, how is it affecting you? And a lot of people said, yeah, I'm losing my job. I have to get another job. I can't really realistically ride bikes. Uh, is that still the same or has it leveled off a little bit for you? Uh, certainly uh, wages are up uh, and that happens with inflation. If the wages don't also come up eventually to match inflation, then everybody's in trouble. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join that conversation. I think it's worthwhile to take a look at the economy because it also gives us an indication of you know, where we're at with it. Are we a people who 
manage our money well as Christians. I think that matters a lot. And I'm a guy who used to be in tremendous debt, tremendous credit card debt. And I know some of you are in that, that situation now. I can tell you now I'm not in it, and I haven't been in it for a long time. And it's wonderful to not be in it, but it was killing me when I was in it. And I was in it in a time where it was different, and I had different credit cards, and I was trying to pay the credit cards off with one other card, right? And it was a time where people wrote more checks. I don't think we write checks that often. I, I actually had to order checks from my bank this week, and I can't even think of the last time I actually wrote a check. I just said, Christy, do we need checks? And she says, yeah, I'm using some old checks from uh, you know three addresses ago. Oh, okay, well, I probably should just get some new checks. And But back in the day, you know, not too long ago, 30 years ago, which I'm sorry to say, if you're like 30 years old, 30 years ago is before you're born, that seems like it's forever. But when you're a little older, you say like 20 years ago, it was yesterday. Well, I used to write checks to cover the check that I wrote the day before. And I learned that if you drew a line through the numbers in the bottom of the check, this won't work anymore, I guess. But it used to mean you got an extra day before that check actually cleared your account. And so you could write a check for something. And usually I was writing a check to cover yesterday's check. And I'd write a little, scratch a little line, you know, numbers at the bottom, and it'd give me an extra day. I had it all worked out. It was a system. And I rarely bounced a check, uh, but every day was a challenge. And I owed more money. In fact, I had... I had I didn't have this much debt, but I had $55,000 of available credit when I was uh, 20 years old, 21 years old, and uh, no job. And I thought, that's amazing. And it's, it's much worse now. I know for some of you who are listening who are young, you're, you're getting into debt. Don't do it. You know, I, I went on, first time I used a credit card was in 1990, and I took a girl out on a date, and we had a great time, and I thought it was impressive that I was using a credit card, you know. And... Uh, I, she might have been impressed. I don't know. Uh, I didn't finish paying for that de- that date until I got married. Like my Christy, she paid for part of that date because the interest rolled on it. That was an expensive date, and uh, there were many. Christy uh, never had a dime of date. That was of uh, debt. That was one of the things that uh, I had to bring into the marriage. Is is <laughs> I have debt, and she had never heard that word before. Uh, and we had to get through that, you know, some counseling and stuff. But she's one of the reasons I'm out of it now. Uh, we had to buckle down and, and do that. I've told some of that story. I want to encourage you to do that with whatever's happening, because I can tell you that whenever the inflation comes or whenever the recession comes, I don't know if it's coming or not. People keep saying it's coming. You know, a lot of people are working, apparently, and uh, the numbers are okay. Inflation's still too high. I think that's where we feel it. Gas prices, it was funny, is we're relieved when the gas price gets down to like four seventy five a gallon, which is you know, a buck fifty more than it was just two or three years ago. And the cost of things is so much more than it was a couple of years ago. And it is still going up. Um, you deal with that a lot better if you get out of debt. I would encourage you if you are dealing with debt to just buckle down and do what it takes. Sell your car, drive uh, a, a car that's just beat up. But it'll get you from A to B. Uh, I had a friend who used to buy junk cars. And he'd buy them for like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and he'd just drive them until they broke down. And then he'd donate them somewhere and he'd go buy off you know, somebody's car. He did that for a long time. And uh, I bought a junk car and I drove it for years. It just lasted. It was a 1992 piece of junk Nissan Sentra and uh, no air conditioning. So days like today were rough, but it was worth it. It was worth it to do that. So can I encourage you to take some steps? We've been talking about integrity this hour. I think that that is part of it. You know, we have to have within ourselves financial integrity. 
And we're lied to a lot in our culture. We are lied to when you think you have to have, you know, the latest iPhone or you have to have the, the better car. You have to have this or that. You don't, actually. There are all kinds of life hacks to do very well in life, and you realize that doesn't matter. And I think for those of you who are younger and you're being tempted with a credit card and you like that, and even if you only owe a couple thousand, I only owed three or $4,000 for the most part for a long time, thinking I could just pay it off. And then I bought a car that was a lemon and I had my student loans came due. And by the way, they're still not paying those off for you. If you're wondering about that, it won't happen. Um, or if it does, it doesn't happen for 25 years. You should read the fine print, literally. Uh, but suddenly I had bad car problems. I had student loans kicking in and that three or 4,000 very quickly turned into 25,000 or 30,000 very fast. And, uh, it probably took years off my life. I can tell you that when you buckle down and you deal with it, you can get it paid off pretty quickly. And in the process of doing that, you should also become a giver. That was the weird part for me. I actually went and got some like money counseling. And one of the things they said is you need to also make sure you're giving, giving to your church, you know, giving to some charity that you like. And I said, why would I do that when I need to pay off all this debt? And they said, because, and this is a, this wasn't a Christian company, but it was a biblical notion that if you want to stop being a debtor, you got to become a giver and you got to break the habit. They said most people who get out of debt, they just get in debt again because they didn't change their character. They didn't change their their habits. They instead just buckled down to get out from under it and then they went into debt again. Uh, don't do that. Pay off your debt, but also give to your church. I also think God blesses that. And I started doing that and I think God blessed that. And we got out of it pretty quickly. It's a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of uh, no air conditioning car rides, which became real complicated when I had to drive to Phoenix to go see my parents. Um, but it's totally worth it. So whatever you're dealing with with the economy, I encourage you to think about the fact that the economy will one day get worse, whether it's coming this year or next year or 10 years, it's going to happen. Be ready for that. Um, but also be a giver. Don't be a hoarder, but be somebody who gives freely, who handles their finances well, and you can make that change today if you want to do that. Uh, that really matters. All right, when we come back in the second hour, in and out you ever go to in and out in and out is uh, one of my favorite places, maybe the favorite place. They just came out with an uh, internal rule for their staff uh, that you're not allowed to wear a mask unless you got a doctor's note in most states. You're not allowed to wear a mask. What do you think about that? Uh, we'll talk about that and uh, what that means, some nuance with all of that. I'd love to get your thoughts about that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Wednesday Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.